Welcome everyone to the TZR Podcast, episode 19. Hopefully an episode with no audio glitches. <laughs> uh, joining me today is Mike Potts. I'm a fixed wolves. <laughs> and, and Ben Rickaby. <laughs> Hi. Um, I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah, I'm not really <laughs> sure what that's all about, but okay. <laughs> um, Duh, bears. That was, uh, no, it was Kanye West tweeted that recently. And I, because I'm super white didn't realize that he was referencing one of his songs and i thought that he's literally just so crazy that he just tweeted i'm a fixed wolves and i immediately was like what's he gonna do to them is he gonna like put wheels on them like like <laughs> like how do you fix a wolf like it's a living animal like i don't understand and now i'm di- i'm disappointed that he was talking about his song i, I wish that he I, I Actually, was are, like, are you sure you weren't referring to him keeping the population down by fixing them? Yeah, see, that's the other thing is like, did he mean that he was going to like neuter a bunch of wolves? Like, I, I just don't know. That's hilarious. the wolf population in this that, area is too damn high. But that I, I just love how you're unpacking this so deeply. <laughs> well, that just that just led to a bunch of pictures of command wolf getting thrown around, and hey, that's man. where all this started. Nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, if it ends in Zoids, it's been a good day. Yeah. <laughs> so those of us, uh, or those that are joining us, uh, you know that you can always reach us at podcast at com if you have any questions for the team or you want to ask us about something or whatever. Uh, send your questions there and we will answer them on the podcast. Uh, also, if you would like to subscribe, we are on iTunes and Stitcher as TZR Podcast. Um, you'll also find links on our website. We publish the podcast every Saturday, um, so look out for those. Guys, it has not been an exciting news week for video games. Um, well, yeah. depending on your point of view. Depending <laughs> on your point of view. Uh, for right now, I have four a, a resounding four topics to talk about this week. The first, let's let's get started where we left off on the last podcast with The Division. Uh, the Division is the Ubisoft's fastest-selling IP, selling $330 million in the first five days. Is anybody surprised by this? Nope, and I probably would have joined in if I, A, wasn't moving, and B, broke. Yeah. I'm... I'm a little surprised and I don't know if it's just because like it took so long to come out that I kind of like just didn't follow it at all but like it's really that big a deal that it's the highest selling new IP of all time it's a pretty big deal I mean you think about the marketing and stuff behind this game like there there has been a what two three year hype train that has been leading up to this I mean yeah, but usually when stuff like that happens people lose interest yeah, I mean, it, I think it's falling in the same boat as, again, Calvin would hate us, but under the realm of, like, Destiny, you know what I mean? Um, it, it's, you know, Destiny was hyped for a super long time, a bunch of people adopted first day because they wanted to be part of the cool new thing, and here they are. That's true, it's just, it's it's 100% the theme, I just don't find it interesting, so. Um... I think the other thing that has to do with is the beta the first beta that they did was uh, closed and you had to get in early otherwise you couldn't do anything so by making it exclusive and then having an open public beta afterward like really just kind of made that hype skyrocket yeah well and um, then right before the game comes out you know you're you're getting all kinds of interest back into the franchise that's been kind of dormant for 3 years since it was announced and you know people are just looking for something like destiny but 
you know, better. Yeah. What's funny is if uh, it, it's actually funny that you that you use those exact uh, terms because if we're paying attention to Metacritic, um, the division is getting very similar but slightly better scores than Destiny did. Destiny was sitting at around a seventy-five across all platforms, and the division is at a solid eighty for all platforms. Um, not surprising to me. Uh, what I will be most interested in is what the next few months are going to bring. Uh, mostly because that's sort of when we saw the fallout from from a lot of people's experience with Destiny kind of fall apart. Well, not fall apart, but like when they realized there wasn't enough endgame to keep them into it. Um, I'll be interested to see if the division suffers from that same uh, that same problem. Yeah, endgame is definitely an issue. But I think another reason that the division is doing a little bit better than Destiny Destiny was is that the game feels more like a living world that you're a part of whereas Destiny just felt like oh I'm going to shooter Disneyland and oh look they're coming out for me to shoot them I kill them and then they're going to come out in another five minutes that's so much cooler so much of a cooler aesthetic than Division does though it's it's a shame Destiny was a, a waste of a really interesting um I want to say an interesting world, but we don't actually know if it was interesting or not. Well, Just like, yeah, I mean, I they know. they didn't really breathe it out too much. But I'll tell you what, like, I while I burned out on Destiny pretty quickly, I definitely enjoyed it enough where when Destiny Two gets announced, I will definitely pick that game up. I will totally be into that. Yeah, yeah especially if they can get it like the Taken King DLC, where they actually kind of gave you a real story and fixed the game to the point where it was actually fun again. But, you know, what really kind of gets under my skin is charging me $50 for it again. Yeah. After, you know, it was probably chopped from the original release. How much, um, is it, like, if you have a copy of Destiny and you want to get the Taken King DLC, is that 50 bucks? I think when it first came out, I think it was. I'm pretty sure you could probably get it between, like, $25 and $30 now. Yeah, I feel like I'll I'll pick that I up. Until I got a sale on PSN where they were doing a, uh, a store wide sale, so I didn't pay full price for it. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's definitely something that I'll pick up at some point. Just because I did, I really liked Destiny. I just like you said, you burn out really fast on it because there's just not enough there. Yeah, I think it it kind of lived and died on its. Um on its end game and when you realize that it's like oh the really the only thing that I'm trying to do is grind for exotic weapons for PvP because there is no PvE that it's kind of like whatever well outside of if you got taken king or those See that's or that's that's what I'm interested about the division is like it there's there's there is no end game other than running around in the, the dark zone the pvp yeah which, which i'm sure has so, its allure you know what i mean like i definitely understand the appeal to uh I, i've started hearing people use the term looter shooter a lot um mm. I well yeah that's a that's what they called borderlands yeah i definitely the understand the appeal to to games like that but i for me personally i i'm with you pots where it's like the aesthetic just isn't enough for me you know at least something like destiny in my mind, had a bit more... And again, I'm a bit of a sucker for sci-fi stuff, but it had the ability... It had the ability to stretch into cooler things, right? Like, you could fight bosses that were giant alien monsters or whatever, whereas in in The Division, you know, the most different thing that you're going to get is, you know, other armed dudes with heavier armor and maybe a flamethrower or something, you know what I mean? So it's like... 
Did you guys actually get to try the beta, or did you miss out on that? I did play I, the beta. I didn't play the beta, but I played the levels in the actual game that make up the beta, like the the missions or whatever. Okay. Like so, basically, I guess, yeah. I, I guess the, the big thing takeaway from that was is the dark zone is such a different experience compared to most multiplayer shooters that it's it's just strange well, yeah, how it, it works. It's a very high like risk reward type thing. You know what I mean? Like it it mm-hmm. it challenges your trust with your friends and all this sort of stuff. And like I said, I totally get that. You know, maybe I'm. I'm sure part of me is discounting that experience a little bit because I I haven't tried it myself or been invested enough where I know what it's like to feel like I might lose a major piece of loot or something. Um, But, I mean, it sounds really cool, and I guarantee you that games in the future will adopt some sort of version of that, you know? Yeah, and it's like... I mean, it's like Callum said. It's a... uh, It's like a... um what did he say like a a human experiment like to see to see how people are like are people going to help you out getting your stuff are they going to betray you like is it worth it to them to it's it is interesting but again like how long does that stay novel yeah yeah and that's, that's sort of how i feel about it too it's like i'm sure it's a cool thing and i'm sure if you know used tactfully i'm sure it's a lot of fun but again if that's like you know, you do that once or twice, and it's like, oh man, this is crazy. But if that's all the end game is, and it's just like you go in, you try to get the thing, you don't get the thing because somebody kills you, you do it again, and then you do it again, and then you do it again. And it's like, you know, maybe it does offer a very different experience each time. But I don't know. Like, it, I don't know. I, I mean, I hope people are having fun with it. I, I just, you know, not my. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm excited to be able to jump into it down the road, but you know, I, I just don't have time right now. So, yeah. I'm playing some good stuff. I'm catching up on my Wii U library, which is uh, actually okay. a lot of fun. <laughs> we uh, we crushed the first two worlds of uh, Super Mario 3D World, my wife and I, yeah. um, the other night, and she just like loves it. So that's what we've been playing, and just Rocket League. Nice. Just lots and lots of Rocket League. Well, speaking of Rocket League, that segues us really nicely into our next topic, which uh, Rocket League announced that they will be cross-platform with PC in an upcoming patch. They said spring 2016, so or later in spring. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But, I mean, that's pretty cool. I'm um, psyched. I mean, I've only been playing for, like, four days. but yeah. I And I've never had a problem getting people to play with. But it'll be nice to be able to play with people that have it on PC, like you. Yeah. <laughs> so, because yeah. nobody I know has it on Xbox. It's nice to to have that sort of cross-compatibility. I mean, this is something that the PS4 version had from Jump Street, but what's interesting to me is that it's uh, this is actually the first Xbox game to do this ever, which is kind of weird to me considering, like, games like Titanfall came out, and that had a split release with PC, but you couldn't play across one another, even though it was a Microsoft-specific title. Um, so it's interesting that Rocket League was able to bridge this gap. And this actually segues really nicely with the next topic, which I think we'll all have an opinion on. <laughs> I know that we just jumped topics really fast, but this is, it's so similar that it's worth talking about. Um, and it's that Microsoft had made a public announcement asking to connect their network with other, you know, with other platform networks in order to, uh, like, on a game-by-game basis. And what does that mean? That basically means that for certain games, such as Rocket League, um, people playing on PS4 may be able to play with Xbox One. This is in talks now amongst these people. 
Um, yeah, I had heard about that. Kind of and, amazing. And Sony actually did respond. Yeah, they did, and they they said they're totally open to it. So it's it's in talks now, but it's uh you know that's a huge huge wall being torn down. You know what I mean? Like it's awesome. I feel like this is something that friends of mine have talked about for years. You know. Yeah, that's definitely not something I ever like. I I've been screaming about why Xbox can't play with PC for a long time, but I did not expect PlayStation and Xbox Live to ever be cross-platform. Yeah, I think the mentality for like where that came from was basically that like, okay, so let's say the division, right? If your friends have the division on Xbox, theoretically, Microsoft wants. It you know wants other people to buy an Xbox so they can play that game with their friends you know like Halo you know you buy an Xbox so you can play Halo with your friends um, yeah so it's uh it's interesting to me that that is a thing that happened I think we momentarily lost Ben yeah um that's okay so I'm sure he'll pop back on um well yeah I did not expect that. At all, that's that's definitely really interesting, and I, I I think it'll be cool. I don't know, like I, I I guess it will be like kind of life changing a little bit, but like for the most part, I I'm only playing multiplayer games that are on the Xbox and with other people playing on the Xbox. But in certain situations, it it definitely would have helped. Yeah, I mean, even going forward, like, I had written an article about this today, and the first thing that I cited was all of the conversations that, you know, you and I specifically were having about Overwatch, you know? Like, that's a game that I I will most, if not definitely, be getting on the PC, but I know that you and some of my other friends are going to be playing on Xbox, and it would be a huge shame if we weren't able to play together. This might solve for that problem. Yes, much like the fact that... Oh, never mind. Um... (laughs) Anyway, um, but yeah, this this could definitely fix that. Like, there's not, there's just hasn't been a lot of games where I'm like, well, I've never had a PlayStation ever, so I, I, it's not been a problem for me. But occasionally, I'll have friends that are like, oh, we were gonna get this on PlayStation. But for the most part, a lot of my friends, if they're gonna play like shooters, they get them on Xbox, mm-hmm. and that's all I ever play multiplayer. So I'm good. And any uh, multiplayer PlayStation games. I don't I'm not playing anyway. Yeah. Yes, because uh, unlike unlike Xbox, PlayStation actually has some exclusive titles. So uh, so really, the the problem for me is always that the game physically is not on Xbox. Not that I don't have anyone to play with. Yeah. So it should still be interesting, though. It it brings up some interesting conversations because I know that they'll say that it's on a uh, a platform by platform basis. But, like, imagine... So, in the case of something like shooters, you know, I think a lot of people think that those that play on PC have an inherent advantage against people playing on console because, you know, PC Master Race talk, the, you know, mouse and keyboard is the superior, you know, format to play on, you know? So, I wonder if those kinds of conversations are going to start cropping up, you know, for people dealing with online stuff. Yeah, I mean... That should be interesting. That's one thing is that a lot of people always talk about like, oh, you're at a disadvantage immediately if 
you are using a controller while other people are using mouse and keyboard. Yeah. So I wonder how people will react to playing against PC people. Like, are people on Xbox going to bitch that they're playing Call of Duty, but they're clearly playing against people on the PC, and that's not fair? Are you going to have to opt in to playing with people on the PC to keep that from happening? Yeah, if you I, so choose. I'd imagine it would be something like that. So you take something like Street Fighter right now, right? Like Street Fighter Five. When you go to play online matches, you can set up preferences that say you only want to play with people via PlayStation or people on PC or what have you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I that, I guess that makes sense. It, it's, it's just interesting because it, like, it could seemingly cause problems it opens up a lot of new opportunities it's like it's it's very weird i i just did not expect it to happen yeah i mean you almost you know part of me tends to think of these like utopianistic futures where it's like huh well if they're happy to talk about you know connecting the networks could we possibly see like a single unified console in the future or something like that realistically probably not and that's probably for the better because competition breeds innovation so I was going to say, you kind of want at least two competing consoles to kind of keep the industry on its toes. Yeah, definitely. But it's like, this almost seems like this is like the first barrier that they had to break before, you know, before opening the floodgates to a bunch of new things. Yeah. It just, it makes sense because it's like, instead of thinking of these things as like console versus console... And, like, those are your communities. Like, I'm a member of the Xbox community, or I'm a member of the PlayStation community. Like, with Rocket League, I think a lot of people are just like, I play Rocket League. I'm a Rocket League player. And, therefore, if you want to be a part of the Rocket League community, you should be able to play with everybody that's playing Rocket League. You shouldn't be Rocket League backslash Xbox in parentheses. Like, that's, that's just silly. It... I don't know. No, you're. Well, I, mean, you're I, I think as the game stands right now, it doesn't tell you what system you're playing on. Like it, if you'll be in a room with uh, or in a it, server with PC players and PS4, but it won't tell you which is which. I believe it does. I think there's a small icon above it. I know in Street Fighter, it shows you an icon that says PS or PC. Um, uh, so who the heck gets Street Fighter on PC? A lot of people, actually. A lot of Why? people that... Well, because, you know, with most competitive fighting games, a lot of people used to be on Xbox. And, uh, like, so, like tournament-level people would play on Xbox, but since it is now only available on PlayStation and PC, you know, some Xbox people just don't want to buy a PlayStation because they're like, fuck Sony or whatever. I, uh, uh, I actually didn't know that it was only on PlayStation and PC. Is that for good? I believe that is for good, yes. That is fucking stupid. Well, I think it's it's a case like Bayonetta 2 where the game wouldn't have existed unless Sony stepped in and helped them pay you're, for it. You're telling me Street Fighter Five wouldn't have existed? Dude, Capcom is hurting for money. Like, Well, that's entirely their fault for sucking so hard. Well, but yeah, like, but then you think about Sony being like, huh, we have an opportunity to publish this game and have a great reason for people to jump onto our console. Little did they know that the launch would be so horrendous, but... You know, still, that's, that's something that they can have on their side of the playground, you know? And it also helps that the PS4 is outselling the Xbox, too. So, I don't, I don't think that they're looking at the Xbox and going, oh, man, we're really missing out on a ton of sales there. Yeah, it's, when it's, I think the it's PS4 more like, is dominating the market right now. It's more of like a sweetening the deal kind of thing. In my opinion. Right. 
I mean, at least if you get it on PC, you can presumably use a uh, an Xbox controller to play it. That's true. Yeah. And because, it's not like we're not going to see a super ultra violent Street Fighter V later, you know, because yeah, they do that with yeah. the first one. Yeah, no. Um, okay, so this brings us to our final topic, and then we can just kind of like gab about what everybody's playing and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, PlayStation VR, and this is big news, PlayStation VR got a release date, a price... We know at least one of the launch titles, well, two of them, actually, um, and then there's a bit of follow-up news to this. So the release date right now is October 2016. Totally makes sense. Holiday season. They're trying to cash in on a lot of stuff. Um, the most interesting bit about this is the price, which is three ninety nine. Um, I think this is an incredibly smart move on their part. Three ninety nine is almost half the price of what the competitive or what VR's competitors at the you know at this exact moment like Vive is eight hundred and uh, what you call it the R- Oculus Rift Oculus. is yeah that's six hundred bucks so coming in at four hundred is amazing not to mention uh, you don't need a two thousand dollar computer in order to run it you just need a PlayStation you know no. Yeah. Now, just to be clear, isn't there some other stuff that you need to also buy that doesn't come with it? So, everything... There's a camera and uh, PlayStation Move controllers, but everything to get the thing working should work yeah, out of the for, box. For $400, you get everything you need to, to put the headset on and see cool things. You'll, there are also games that only require the controller, like just a normal PS4 controller, which is great. Um, there has been a few games showed that, it, that require a... A PlayStation Move like dongle handle thing, or two of them, and a camera. Now, the 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 problem. So it, that sort of annoys me because it's taking a very Nintendo model where it's like, oh, you have our thing. Now you need to get fucking twenty accessories to make it work correctly. Um, yeah. But still, coming in at a price point of four hundred dollars, you know, and you tech like if you were to really think about it, it's maybe like an extra sixty to eighty dollars worth of peripherals if you want everything. Um, I think that's still a really good deal. Definitely. I mean, and the other, I think part of the reason that they weren't initially like including the camera in it is they figured that quite a few early adopters already had it, and they're kind of targeting targeting the hardcore early adopter PS PlayStation fan. Well, yeah, because I think I, I don't, the only I don't ones... think this is necessarily kind of being targeted at gaming as a whole, but more just like the more of the hardcore crowd yeah. to start no, and that... then kind of get the get the momentum going. Yeah, that's 100% true. I mean, the um what you call it like they're definitely not trying to reach a casual audience with this. It's you no, know it's it's very not. much a new technology. And Pods, I know that you have some uh, some particular opinions about what VR looks like in the future and things like that. Um, I don't think it's going to look like much for very long. <laughs> I mean, I I definitely I definitely see that point of view. It's like you know this is a very expensive add-on to a console. It's not even something that's, like, you know, necessary per se, and there hasn't really been any killer apps announced for it. It's it's literally exactly the same thing as the Kinect and motion controls. Yeah. It's the same. It's the new gimmick. Everybody's super excited about it. They're all going to pay a lot of money, and then everybody's going to forget about it because there aren't going to be any games for it, and no one's going to care. Like, not everybody... 
everybody in America is not going to run out and buy a VR headset. Yeah. Especially when most of them are like seven hundred dollars. Yeah. I it's mean, just it's just dumb. Like I'm so tired of these dumb peripherals showing up out of nowhere, taking over for like a year and then completely disappearing. Yeah, I mean the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around is um is what type of games or experiences we're going to expect on something like this. Now, like I had a chance to to use the PlayStation VR at PAX Prime uh last year. Uh, this past August, and I will say that it's pretty impressive. Like, you put it on, and it's like, you really do feel like you're in a different world, which is crazy. However, I think you're kind of... you're kind of stuck in a few genres of games that will work naturally with that console, meaning something where you are forced to be seated. So, like, a driving game, or a spaceship game, or something like that. Because while most people are thinking, oh, well, you just do first-person shooters, and it's so cool. Like, there's a there's a big problem with playing a first-person shooter uh, with VR. There's, like, this constant immersion break when, you know, when you have to turn your shoulders, or turn your body, you know what I mean? It Like, it feels very unnatural when you're, like, you know hitting WASD on a keyboard or, like, moving a control stick left and right to shift your shoulders at a much different, unnatural rate compared to what you're moving your head at. You know what I mean? So it kind of, like, hamstrings you into certain genres to actually feel natural on it. It's exactly like motion control. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're you're right. Just by definition of the medium, you can't do very much with it. Yeah. So it has its place, but its place is not wide. Like it's, it's gonna, it, the same thing is going to happen again. Everybody's going to go nuts. Everybody's going to try and shoehorn it into their stuff, and then they're all going to realize, "Wow, this is really dumb. Why don't we just do things that actually work with it?" And then it's going to disappear. Yeah. I well, mean, I, don't know. It, I, I, I would like to watch a open-minded enough to try it. I would I'm like to watch a it, movie with it. I think that it would be. I think that there are a lot of practical applications for it. I don't think that video games are one of them. I, th- I think certain video games would make sense, and that's why it's hard for me to think that this thing's really going to take off when it first comes out. Because, like, you know, like I said, if, in order for people to adopt a new thing, you need a killer app. You need a reason to do it. Well, you know, that's and, like the thing is like, if would you buy a console that only played like? It's like you say that only certain things work for it, but it's like, okay, you're going to buy a console that only plays one type of game. Yeah, that's only, like, racing games or something. Oh, wait, that's an Xbox. Never mind. People (laughs) totally do that. So so right now, and I might be wrong about this, but I'm aware of three release titles that are coming out with this. The first one is just called uh, VR Experiences or Showroom or something, and it's basically just like you sit around and it puts you in a cool like experience to like look around <laughs> and stuff. It's not even a game, right? Nintendo Land. Well, Nintendo Land was actually a game. You or actually interacted with Wii, this. Wii Sports. Yeah. Um, the second game is called The London Heist, which Chow actually had a chance to play. If you want to watch him play it, there's a video on our YouTube channel. That's uh, youtube.com slash c slash the zero review. Um, yeah, it's basically a you're seated in a car and you have and you're using both move controllers to like shoot out the windows and stuff. Um, he seemed like he was having a lot of fun with it. It seemed pretty cool. Um, By the way, London Heist is not its own game. It's part of a package. Oh, so that might be deal. part of that same collection that I was mentioning before that has like Into the Deep and stuff. 
Um, yes, it, it is. See, I'm trying to remember what that's called. I think it's called like PlayStation Experiences or, or not. not that's, yeah, that's like a, VR Experience, and there's uh, five or six games in there. Yeah. And then, okay, so the only other game that I'm aware of that I looked up trailers and I could see it being cool is a game called Rigs, which is like a sports shooter kind of thing, but your character is in a mech. So that's, By the way, it's called PlayStation VR Worlds. VR Worlds, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this other game is called Rigs, which, uh, interesting name, I guess, it's catchy or whatever. But yeah, it's basically like your character is in a mech suit, so you're looking around in this mech and you're like shooting stuff or you're jumping on things or whatever. But it seemed like a, a correct sort of you know, medium for uh, for VR. Like, you're in a thing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like you're freely moving around, but you're in a thing. So And that, that kind of helps with the immersion, because, like, if you're not the thing that you're controlling, you're in a giant mech, so you have to tell it to turn while you can look around. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's definitely... Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. We know how successful the mech games for Kinect were. Oh, oh shots fired. <laughs> what a complete what a, like a, a disinterested shots fired uh, shots fired yeah <laughs> yeah part of my uh i don't know part of my like um what do you call it skepticism also is from like i can't imagine it being enjoyable for extended periods of time you you know you look back to motion control just like pots was saying like that was something that you did you know every now and again with a bunch of people and it was fun for like you know 20 minutes to an hour and then like you're you know you're over it you want to sit back down and just enjoy something you can veg out on whereas something with vr it's like you're basically like you're in this like you're you've got this thing strapped to your face you know what i mean it is like strapped to your face like how are you not gonna feel that for like you know like i'm not gonna want to do that for like an hour plus you know what i mean it's just it's weird not only is it strange because it's completely disconnecting me from the world around me which freaks me out on a weird like anxiety level but like just the idea of like it can't be comfortable for that long you know yeah it's um it, what's the one that makes you wear like a backpack? That's the <laughs> like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's the one that it you can actually move around in your room and it takes your motion into account, which is stupid if you ask me, because you're just gonna walk into the wall and weird yeah, stuff it, like so that. It, it takes away your ability to see, but encourages you to move around your room. When you put it like that, it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the dog walks in and you trip over the dog. Yeah, and or like seven hundred dollar system. Here, guys, vent yeah, for a second. Like, I'll be right back. You you knock over like you knock over your entertainment system and destroy all of the stuff that's on it. Like that just seems like really poor design. Like I'm sure that they thought it was cool. Like oh man, yeah, let's take their movement into account. But like nobody thought. Oh wait, they have to move around in a room without being able to see. Yeah, I, I mean that's... that that's stupid, and that's why the sitting down, just having a VR headset, makes more sense to me. Well, I mean, you start getting into the idea of like haptic rigs, where you like sit in a mechanical chair that controls your movement, and and mm-hmm. you wear a body suit so that you can feel things that touch you, and like that's when it gets ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, and then I've seen, like, the omnidirectional treadmills. I just, like... I don't want to be that immersed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, if, if you want a shooter experience, just go paintballing. Yeah, yeah go no, play exactly. laser tag, man. Like, it's, These are all it's very cheaper. Valid it's, it's way cheaper. And you get to listen to, like, the Mortal Kombat theme a lot. I'll tell you what, of, of anything, it will be very interesting, just from, like, a... Uh, from a marketing and sales point of view, like what what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Like how is the how will this be received when it does come out, and, and sort of where is that going to take it? I'm just yeah. going to be I'm going to be such an old man about this thing until it goes away. Yeah, I, just, I mean that's my that's my deal, but like I just don't care, <laughs> and I don't think that this is going to be one of the things where in like two years I'll realize oh I was so wrong like almost everything that I'm like irritated about but like this I just think that I, I'm just not going to care about this ever yeah no I can totally I totally feel yeah. you there by the I way mean, there are some I... other games that we can talk about other than just rigs and uh, PlayStation VR world there's a game called like Crossing the Land Beyond uh an old school game they they kind of brought up called Battle Zone. Hmm. Uh, there's another game called Werewolf, which isn't like it's more like a party game that you would play with people where you're trying to figure out who the werewolf is. And oh, it's Werewolf. That's, yeah, uh, it's literally just that. Yeah, <laughs> or a board game. That's a card game. Yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, Star Wars Battlefront's going to be a thing, right? Yeah, Star Wars Battlefront is getting its. Or well, they're putting out a VR Star Wars Battlefront game that is not Battlefront itself, but something different. So it'll be interesting to see what that is. How the hell do you play Werewolf in VR? You, you need um, like fifty people to play that game, or at uh, least like in the game ten. it has six. Oh, that's not enough to play Werewolf with. I, I was watching video. It, it seemed to be working pretty well, and it was interesting. But let's, like I said, it's not gonna, you know, set the world on fire for VR. But I mean, I guess that that like I wouldn't I wouldn't play Werewolf with anything less than six. I I guess you could do it with six. I don't know. That just seems like an odd choice to me. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Sony had a statement that said that you know it'll release in October. And there will be 50 games out for VR by the end of the year. And but when they say whether games, that's true or not, they mean like full games. It's probably more like minis they mean or... they mean shovelware. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and first, then I first think first gen Wii stuff. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. And then you know, uh, Playroom, that thing that they released for the PS4 to kind of do the motion controller stuff. Yeah, uh, is getting its own VR experience from Studio Japan. That'll be interesting, and, I guess. and that'll be free for you to download yeah. when it comes out. But huh. yeah, they're, they're, they said 50 games by the end of the year, and 250 different studios from AAA developers all the way down to indies are yeah. working on VR experiences. So. Yeah, I mean, I'd say color me lukewarm on the whole thing. I don't know if I'm going to want to justify $400 at, you know, during the holiday season, especially when there's such cool stuff coming out. Like, like why would I want to take my time away from something like you know, Horizon Zero Dawn or you know, anything else <laughs> from yeah. to play VR stuff? I can tell you, even if I was like interested in it, 
the price point, like, there's a 0% chance I'm picking one of these up, even a $400 one. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that I want to get my hands on and try, and it, you know, it has to impress me a lot if it's, if they're going to try and get me to buy it day one. What's going to be I the mean, worst is, like, you go into, like, the Best Buys and you're going to find the gross, like, sweated on, nasty one that they've had <laughs> on the show floor for, like, or on the, the store floor. Ugh. It's gonna be the worst. Yeah, I just like if if I'm gonna talk about investing that kind of money into a game experience, it's gonna be a new PC. Yeah. It's not gonna be a VR headset. And there's so many cool things waiting for you in the world of PC gaming. Bots. Yeah, there's oh like infinite infinite possibilities rather than like one very tiny yard fenced in. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. There's almost too much to do in PC world. It's oh, great. Yeah. Fun. Great. Like everyone's cheap. got their Steam library full of you know 600 games, and they've maybe played 10 of them. My current <laughs> Steam library has 167 games. I've maybe beaten 25 of them. How many have you played, though? A whole shit ton of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I've at least jumped in every game that I own. I would say I've jumped into like 70% of the games I own at least once. You know, a bunch of these are still betas and stuff, but. Uh, the majority of them that I try to give a really good playing, you know. Yeah, what's funny is like I, I've been I have PlayStation Plus and I've been in the program since day one, so I'm having that same problem just with my PS3 and PS4 games. Yeah, it's funny because like the stuff like PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live games with or Xbox games with gold, they're both very cool services. But after a while, it's almost like I get way too inundated with mediocre, okay games. That it's like, fuck, man, like, you know, I, I feel like I'm not getting the value out of it because I'm not playing all of them, but, uh, you know, I would so much rather be spending them on games that I actually, like, bought and care about, you know? like. Well, with <laughs> Xbox, you just download it and then immediately delete it, and that, that way it remembers that you own it, but you don't yeah. actually need to have it take up space on your hard drive. I mean, the problem is, is that a bunch of them have been trashed lately. I mean, PlayStation got Broforce, and that's cool, that's a fun game. Uh, but Xbox... Like, Galaxy is pretty cool, but I, I ended up deleting it just uh, because I don't, I don't like roguelikes. I have not tried it yet. I've, I've heard very good things about it. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool. But yeah, like, I mean, Xbox, like, Pots, what is, what, what's even the games of gold right now? Right now, uh, it's like a Sherlock Holmes game, and... Oh, fuck, what's the other one? The other one's like a real game. It's like 50 bucks. Um... It's got a dude with a beard on the front of it. Hold on, I'll look it up. That really narrows dude it down. Dude with a beard. <laughs> no, but it's like it's like only a, a dude's face with a giant beard. Uh, hang on. Yeah, what's what I've found to be absolutely true lately is that the Xbox 360 games with gold have been way better than the Xbox One games. But that just goes back to the fact that there's no fucking games on the Xbox One. Yeah. <laughs> and there hasn't been the entire time. Lords of Fallen. Lords of uh, Fallen. Yes. That is the... Poor Man's Dark Souls. Poor Man's Dark Souls. <laughs> That's exactly what that is. And then uh, starting... Oh no, not anymore. Supreme Commander was also this year. Well, or this month. Th- I've heard good things about that. I think I downloaded that. I don't remember. It's um, like a and console the- RTS and then Borderlands 1 was, uh, or will be on the 16th. Yeah. What are you guys or excited to play, though? Like, so, we've got 
May coming up. I think there's a lot of good releases in May. Is there anything that you're like waiting very patiently for? I was waiting for Pokin, but I'm not impressed with the reviews that are coming out with it, so I might yeah. wait on that. I mean, I'm, I'm psyched for Star Fox at the end of April. That is very exciting. I th- Actually, I'm really psyched for that. Like, I f- I'm still... You know, I, I played it, and the control scheme is so dumb, but... I will still hold excitement for that strictly because it's Star Fox. I, yeah. I just hope that they'll, they'll fix it either at launch or post launch so that you can just play like normal Star Fox again. Oh, I, hope so. I, I think that you, I mean, from what I've watched, and I've watched everything and all the interviews I've read, it seems like for the most part you can, but there are certain portions of the game where it goes into like this really cinematic camera view. And you and it, you're basically like on rails almost, and you need to play it the new way. But from watching the first level, that was only the very, very end of the level, and the rest of it, for the most part, it looks like you can play the normal way. Yeah, I'm under the impression that it's more so like all range mode. Like once you once you get into an all range mode situation, that's when it like that's when you have to transfer to, like, weird gamepad view mode. Yeah, there's I mean, also, it's a, like, when it's you're a in a walker and stuff, like, all of that kind of goes into itself, but my thing is, is, like, and I think this is the biggest problem with the Wii U, like, the graphics that come out of the Wii are awesome. Anything that's telling me to stop looking at the TV is completely stupid. It's like, why? Like, what? I don't know. That's true. I mean, it's much less good-looking on the gamepad than I mean, it is on the actual television. Yeah, I mean, convenient, awesome, but, like, I don't know. It's, is it really, though? You can't go very far without it freaking out. Yeah, I, it's still nice, like, if my girlfriend's watching TV or something. Like, Oh, yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really weird to me that Nintendo has become so obsessed with two-screen thing, and they have been since GameCube yeah. When they were telling us oh, to use the, the Game Boy Advance as a controller. Yeah. Or the DS. <laughs> well, the DS was well, like the yeah. first like, device. That yeah, had, that, that was like the first real kind of two-screen experience. Well, I think that they got the idea from the, the Game Boy Advance. And then yeah. they were like, oh, let's... And then they got the design for the DS from the Game Boy Advance SP. And they were like, what if we just combine these two things together? Yeah. And you get yeah. the clam, the original <laughs> DS. I, I have the original DS. Oh, still. mine is my purple clam DS is sitting next to my bed upstairs. Uh, mine's the the boring silver one. Yeah, man, purple is always the first color that a, no, uh, a it, Nintendo console comes out are as. Are you thinking GBA? Because the DS was definitely that gross gray color. Yeah, it's no, silver, the and then they fat. released a blue one. Oh, okay. I've got like a bluish purple one. Yeah, it's like yeah. You probably have the blue one. I I did have a purple Game Boy Advance. Yeah, um, I think everyone I had, had a that one. Purple. I had a purple Game Boy Color. I had, oh, I, I had, had the one. ice blue Game Boy Advance, the clear one. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, I, 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 I still like, have it. I had like the see-through purple one. I think it was called Glacier. Uh, and then, like, realized that it totally sucked to play anything on it because it didn't have a backlight. And then I got this sweet, like, platinum SP when it came out. Man, uh, what a cool I, I never got an SP. I never got an oh, SP. Oh, man, that was life-changing for me. That's when I was I just, playing all I, those, like, the GBA Castlevania games and Vampire 2. And, oh, my God. Here's my thing that I don't understand why Nintendo keeps doing it. They'll put out a system that is, like relatively ergonomic like it isn't hard line square right like the Game Boy Advance the Game Boy Color was round it like fit your hand the the original DS was like sort of round 
And then the second version that they put out is always super angular, doesn't make any sense to fit in your hand, and they always replace the one that fits in your hand nicely with a super angular square one. Yeah, Game Boy Pocket, and I don't, the 2DS is like that. Yeah, I don't DS understand Lite, that. The 2DS. The DS Lite, the 3DS, the, the new 3DS, everything since the original DS is just square. That's a, now. That's and a funny, interesting I trend. I, I, do you think the NX is going to be like that? It might be. I get, I get so mad about that. I know that nobody cares, but I'm like, no, I think that the original DS feels better than the DS Lite does, and everybody looks at me like I'm crazy. No, well, but the, I think the that, DS Lite was genius. It was such a good but, system. But, like, here's the thing. like the Not only was the original DS a better shape, but in my opinion... The gamepad, the buttons, and the triggers all felt better than they did on the light. The, so he, the, oh, yeah, the I'm totally with you The light felt like it was going to fall off. Like So, okay, so I, I agree and disagree with some of these things. One, like, the, like the DS light looks better, but the original DS feels better in your hands. No, yes. I totally disagree. I, well, to a certain extent. <laughs> so, it's like, so it's like the DS... The original DS shoulder buttons I liked a lot more because they actually had, like, surface to them, whereas the DS light shoulder buttons I definitely broke, like... I, I went through, like, exactly. three DS lights because I broke those so many times. But, like, I think the oh, thing cheap. that killed me about the original DS is, like, well, one, it was huge and obnoxious. Two, the hinge on it was terrible, so every time I opened it, I thought it was going to break. And, like, yes. and three, it was, like, the, the bottom, for whatever reason, the bottom screen, I felt, like, got gunked up and gross, like, really quickly. I, I don't know. It was just, like, it was weird to me. Well, well yes, that's because but it was recessed that far. Yeah. yeah. And it, it still, it just felt better to play on that than yeah. on the... Like, the I got a DS Lite, and the, I got rid of it. Like, the D-pad the and stuff, you're completely wrong on, though. The original DS D-pad is, like, it's fucking whack. Like, no, it's not it is so good. It is not it's even so a good. It, the like the one on the light is like a big fat button that like didn't feel like a directional pad and it always felt like if you pushed it too hard it would fall off of the DS. Well, the, the whereas the DS other had one had a is, nice click to it, like when you when you pressed it. Yeah, the original the original DS had a good click. It was super like close to the body of the DS, so like you, your finger wasn't all high up. Like it just Actually, it, you know, it I, just I never it was like this. a pad. I never realized this, but the Wii U D-pad literally is the DS Lite D-pad. Just a little bit bigger. <laughs> it's yeah, literally dumb. the same thing. <laughs> dumb. The original DS had that really cool flat, like, pad. Like, yeah, it wasn't it was a button. It was like concave and weird, I don't know. It was I cool, like but it. you also you also think that the PlayStation has a good directional pad, so clearly you have no idea what you're talking about. No, the, the, so. I'll tell you what, the best D-pad, straight up the best D-pad is on the PS Vita. Like straight up, like that is like I, the I, best D pad. I have no idea. I can't. I only that. I only like the D pad on like the PS4 and stuff because it you know I tend to. Play it's not a pad. It's not a pad. It's four buttons. No, they're it's all four arrow all buttons. Connected. No, no, no. They they are one piece underneath the. Thing. No, it's they're, like they're it's buttons. like saying that the directional keys on a keyboard are a directional pad. No, no, no. Like they're no, 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 no. Okay, I guarantee so, you. Pick up a PS4. You push the right hand D pad direction. The whole, all the buttons yeah, move. Every, every single thing moves, and that's that's fine. It's one but piece. they're <laughs> separated into four separate buttons, so it's more. It's 
intrinsically more difficult to do a diagonal direction on it because there is nothing to push down on diagonally. Well, technically, you have to... no, 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 because technically you're just pushing. In order to get a diagonal, you just push both buttons down. So it, yeah, it... but that's that's stupid because on the Xbox, there's <laughs> there's something to push down on in between all of the corners. If I'm literally you will. holding both buttons right now, and the, and what you're telling me makes no sense at all. It makes no sense at all because you Get, you have to do the same thing on both controllers. Nope. The only difference. Nope. Is you're saying that you like are touching the corner of the plus sign, like the inside corner, like like what the fuck? Like yes. No, that doesn't make yes. any sense. You're touching the plastic that's in between the the arm and the head of the like the up arrow and the left arrow. You touch the plastic in between. On a PlayStation, you have to squish down both of the buttons, and if you if you like slip off of one of them then you stop going diagonally no, it's this, dumb this is this is a, a completely ridiculous perspective that you're that you're trying to we've gone off on such a weird tangent that i it's, think we should get back to what the, we were talking about the, this is the hill that we were talking about die on. this is the we this is the hill that Pots will die on he hates the playstation controller so much and he will defend the playstation it the controller is like it's like they all sat in a room and were like how can we make the the least ergonomic most ridiculous controller possible that like it just Everything that makes sense on a video game controller, let's do the opposite of that. So I guess people will think that it's different or whatever. Why the fuck haven't they figured out <laughs> to move the left analog stick up to where the directional okay, pad so is? Okay, so that's yet? that is no, one point. I, I like them right next to each other. No, you know I what? I, not want. I will have to agree on pause with this. The the analog setup of the Xbox controller is 100% superior. It totally Which is, is why the Nintendo Pro Controller copied it, and every knockoff controller on the face of the earth looks exactly like an Xbox One controller, because no, no, it's the, the, perfect. The Nintendo Pro Controller is fucking weird, because it has both sticks on top. Which it, it's yeah, literally that, the opposite of the PlayStation 1, that, which makes no sense. It is super weird. But it looks more like a an Xbox controller than it does like. In fact, it looks exactly like an Xbox controller except for that, which is super dumb. I agree. I'll tell you what. Um, for for like I, you know, I'm I'm happy with both. I find myself playing more games on my PlayStation mostly because there are games to play on my PlayStation. But uh, yeah, but shots fired. I, I, yeah, shots fired. But I will. I will admit that for shooters in particular, and this is why people play shooters on Xbox, I think it's definitely a more like naturally ergonomic setup to have the stick on the top left side of the controller. And it's just it's like, it's literally ergonomic the controller. It's round. It fits into your hand. The PlayStation controller is, again, like Nintendo stuff. It's all fucking weird and square and, like, too small. It doesn't fit in your hands I'll properly. Tell you what, it's, it's, it's much more comfortable than the Wii U pad. The Wii U pad is a fucking oh, atrocious Oh, well, the, the Wii U pad is ridiculous. I mean... That's it, not even... I don't consider the Wii U pad to be a controller. That's like that's like a device that I force myself to hold on to because the games I'm playing are so fun, but I will 100% say that I have cramps every time I finish playing like I, a couple hours on my Wii U. I will say the one thing that the Wii U uh, tablet thing has is I do like the triggers on it. Yeah, I, I don't... I like them as buttons. I don't like... Like, I, I love the way that, like... Xbox and I assume at this point PlayStation is where it it recognizes how hard you're pushing in the trigger and mm-hmm. like there, it's a full range of motion. That was totally for, a, uh, a 
GameCube thing. You think back to yeah, uh, they definitely Sunshine. stole that from GameCube. Sunshine yeah. was the first game that really made use of that. But like, as far as as far as they are as like shoulder buttons, I think that they're really good shoulder buttons. They're not triggers, but there are also no shooters on the Wii. So yeah. Huh. Well, that was that was a pretty serious tangent. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we're at just about an hour. Was there anything else that you guys wanted to chat about? Or? Uh, Down with Sony. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I'm looking forward to Doom and then the new Ratchet game, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, the new Ratchet game is That be game cool. looks beautiful. That comes out on oh the same gosh. day as Dark Souls 3, though, so I think I'm going to be playing Dark Souls 3 instead. Oh, I'm definitely going to be playing Ratchet because that I is, could care less for Dark Souls. That is not very smart on their part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Well, the thing is, is Ratchet's actually coming out in an interesting way, because it's retail, like a brand new game, it's retailing for $40. Yeah. That's nice. And it's coming that. out, what, two weeks ahead of the movie? Yeah. There's a Ratchet and Clank movie. Yes, there yeah. is. They're really trying to, to make that happen. Well, they made yep. it happen, but Why? they're trying to turn it into a thing, because they want to get that Disney money, man. But it's so like that would be like if they were like, yo, we're making a Crash Bandicoot movie, and everybody's like, what? <laughs> why? Well, like, why I, I you guarantee this, like, of all the ago? mascots, Ratchet and Clank is probably the easiest to turn into a movie. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of humor that's like already inherently in that series. Oh so. yeah, the humor is what really makes that game, that series, stick out, and the characters with, with Ratchet and Clank, and then even Quark. Are just amazing. Yeah, I just, I just wonder how many people are going to be like, "Yes, a Ratchet and Clank movie." I've been waiting for this since 1995 or whenever the first game came out. I've never been waiting for it, but I really enjoy those characters, and I will most likely, if not definitely, be seeing that movie. Yeah, I don't know. I I never asked for a movie, but I will definitely enjoy the movie. I just I I will fully admit I I've, I've never owned a, a PlayStation, so I just I don't have that background yeah. with them. So it means nothing to me. On the Xbox side of things, I'm super excited for Quantum Break. Like really really excited for Quantum Break. <laughs> like I yeah, like I really want to play that game. I don't know why. That's... That's Iceman. Cool, but I think I, tying it in with a live-action show is kind of stupid. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a cool innovation, man. And I really love everything that Team Remedy's done before. So, you know, I'm sort of a fanboy in that sense. But, like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I understand that a lot of people are thinking that it looks like, you know, generic third-person shooter. And I'm sure there's going to be some of that going on. But, dude, it, it looks exactly. It, like, <laughs> it just It looks so much like... Like, oh, it's the division, but you can change time stuff. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's that modern military shit that I I just don't care about. But if you were to look at a game Uh, like Alan Wake from the outside, you look at Alan Wake and it's like, oh, it's just a third person shooter in the woods, you know? But that ended up being a much more depthy, awesome experience. I don't even know what Alan Wake is. What? You are a writer and you've never played Alan Wake? No. Can can I give you homework? Can I give can you I, that game? Like, can please? I ask you if it's a PlayStation exclusive? No, it was an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty exclusive. exclusive. Really? Yeah, oh, and it's why well, I've never played it. it I mean, is, I've always heard great things about it. It's an extraordinary yeah. game. That was easily my favorite Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty game. Period. Like, like I've, I've obviously heard 
the name of it, but I, I don't have any concept of what it is. I'm going to give you my copy of that game and you're going to play it. I think I, I mixed that up with... Um, What's the game where you run around in the mall and you're looking for your son and you're like, Jason! Dead Rising? Heavy Rain. <laughs> no, not Dead Rising. Um, heavy Rain is the game you're Heavy Rain, for. yeah, that's oh. the one. Which I was I was immediately going to call Risk of Rain, which is a completely different game. Oh, yeah, that's and an it extraordinary plays nothing game. like that. I love Risk of Rain so much. <laughs> Jason! Uh, Jason! By the way, Risk of Rain's coming to... PS Vita and PS4. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about if that. If you're wanting to get back into it. I probably I would. Also, it's a really good roguelike game. I don't know what that is. It's a it's a roguelike game. Probably uh, one of the better ones that's out there. It's pretty old, though, but it's a great game. I like the art style, but yeah, I don't like roguelikes. Uh, th- this one might change your mind. This one's a bit more fun. I'll keep an open mind if it ever comes on PlayStation Plus. But yeah, I'm not going to go out of my way to play it. There you go. Though I will go out of my way to play Doom, because that looks like it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Well, I hope so. I mean... I'm, my yeah, last... I'm really hoping oh, that it is. My last bout with id was uh, Rage, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah, that had its ups I liked ones. Rage. It, it, it was cool, but yeah, it, it didn't quite deliver. Rage was kind of like Destiny. It was like really good to play, but there just wasn't anything there. Yeah. Other than like a really nice looking skybox and really tight shooting controls, and the most anticlimactic ending I think I've ever played in a game. Yeah, yeah. I mean that was, so it was. It to wasn't me... even a boss fight. It was just like here's some oh dudes. clear the room. Oh wait, the game's done. Yeah, what? That was bad. That was bad. To me, that, that... that's coming from me because I love Rage. I've played it two or three times now. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed that world. I just, yeah, the story. That definitely. that game to me was almost like a tech demo. Like, look, we made Borderlands, except in the it, with our id software, and we didn't really spend a lot of time, like writing a story for it. But it, man, our our engine is really good. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, it is. It's super good. Wait, the game's over already. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I'm obsessed with id. I love id. I love everything that they do yeah. since Commander Keen and uh, Wolfenstein 3D. So I'll happily play it. I hope that they take it back to their roots a little bit. I just want and... them to focus on the campaign. You know what I mean? Like, I know that they're really touting the multiplayer stuff, but I really want that to camp- uh, that campaign to yeah. be something special. It's so, it's I, so I heard that it, it, it'll run you about 13 hours. I, I don't want to judge it even by time. I just want to play it, yeah. and I want to get the same. I don't want to get the same feelings that I got when I was playing the original Doom, but I just want to have a really solid it's, experience with it. You it's know? interesting to me because I know that like the original Doom was really big with multiplayer, and it, like everything was all about arena shooters back then. But like to me, Doom has always been like a, a one-player experience. Exactly. I, I yeah. have never played Doom multiplayer. I know there was patterns. See, that, that's, that that's because happen. when Doom came out, when you were younger, you didn't have a job, you weren't in the office playing Doom. Exactly. Like my exactly. dad was. Because <laughs> that that's all they did during lunch, was they played Doom. It's kind of like Call of Duty a few... Like, yeah. When that first came out, and how that kind of blew up in offices around the globe. <laughs> yeah, it's like my my dad used to play Prince of Persia at lunch <laughs> with his friends, like the original original Prince of Persia. Yeah, the two so, D sides scrolling Prince of yeah, Persia. Yeah, it's cool. not very fun. <laughs> yes, it is. You're uh, wrong. <laughs> right. Oh, it's great. It's, all all it's I can say great. is, it if 
the standard set by Wolfenstein New Order with Bethesda and Machine Games is how they're going with it, then Doom's going to be awesome. I just what I what I said last time we talked about this. I don't remember if it was on a podcast or not, but I just hope that they they embrace the the wackiness like the over the top craziness of the original Doom but they make it modern enough so that it isn't doesn't feel like you're playing a serious Sam game yeah but like but don't go so far that it's Doom 3 where it doesn't feel anything like Doom at all except yeah, that like, it happens to have the same characters. Like, I guarantee I, it's not going to be Doom 3. Yeah, like I don't <laughs> want it to try to be like cinematic or anything. Like I just want to run into a room and be like, "Oh shit, imps. Shoot him in the face." Okay, blood everywhere. Yeah. This is awesome. You know, move on to the next thing. Like I I would like it to be more modern than a serious Sam game, but Closer to the just the wacky balls to the wall craziness of the like the original Doom. I, I guarantee if you go and watch the the latest story trailer, y- you'll probably get this, that feeling that it's going to be a lot like that. Yeah, that's. I, I realize I haven't really watched the only trailer I watched for it was the one that they originally put out, like the very first one. That's the E three. Demo. Yes, that might be it, enough, yeah. though. You know what I mean? Like sometimes trailers spoil too much, but yeah, I mean, be- they're they're not showing you anything about like the campaign or what the story is. It's just, oh, look, all this stuff. Go kill it. Yeah. Did you guys? Did you guys see that somebody uh, on YouTube put Strung together together all of the Superman vs Batman stuff? Yeah, and it's like twelve minutes long, and yeah. it basically is the entire movie. I did see that. <laughs> he, he put I, it. Uh, I, I, he, it's it's I'm like all in chronological that. order, and I I've just been avoiding trailers for that yeah, since. I'm the, not. Uh, I I saw that up there. I'm not watching that. Like the I, the the trailer that I last saw for it was the one where at the end, um, he like rips the top off of the Batmobile and Batman stands up, and then the trailer ends, and that was enough for me. I was like, yeah, I'll tell you what, done. I will see this movie. I don't need any more trailers. Yeah, for there's it. definitely been a couple of trailers since then, but it looks cool. Yeah, My favorite trailer from that was when uh, Superman took a swing at Batman and Batman stopped his fist and just the look of horror on Superman <laughs> was priceless. I was like, yep, I'm watching the movie he, just for that scene. He better be holding kryptonite or something because there's no fucking way that that suit would allow him to stop a punch from Superman. Oh, not but as, this, not this is dark, gritty Superman, so but you know, maybe. I, I read Dark Knight Returns. He's not just beating the shit out of Superman without any help. Um, what trailer am I looking for for Doom? Because there's like a thousand of them. There's uh, the multiplayer one just came out. The don't, multiplayer don't, one yeah, came out today, showing all the levels. Then there was a multiplayer one last week, and then there, the one before that should have been a story trailer. If you just go to the Doom website, you, sh- you should be able to find it. Uh, all right. All right, <laughs> Mike, Ben, thank you guys for joining me on this podcast. Of course. Did we fix wolves? We, we fixed them. We fixed them real okay. good. <laughs> uh, thank you to all of our listeners for hanging out with us for the last hour. Uh, like I said, if you have any questions for us or any of the other members of the TZR crew, you can reach us at podcast at thezerorevue.com. That's the, that is podcast at thezerorevue.com. Uh, our podcast publishes every Saturday. Uh, I don't know exactly the time, usually around 12 p.m. Eastern. 
Uh, that's in the afternoon. Whatever. A.M. 12 p.m. Yeah. P.m. Okay. Yeah. So uh, 12 o'clock p.m. Saturdays. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Stitcher or on iTunes. And check out our website for all of our cool reviews and news and stuff like that. And make sure to find us on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Did I do enough promotions now? <laughs> Please. I, I think we've hit it. Excellent. All right. Thanks, everybody.